Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. 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 Caitlin, you gave me a jolt there. Sorry about that, Adam. I'm How's sorry. It going? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna reel it in. I'm great. I I'm excited. We're trying this again. We we got about ten minutes in yesterday. <laughs> yep, and then everything fell apart. <laughs> and then uh, Caitlin had a work call. So listen for the first ten minutes of this podcast in the outtakes. Yeah, it was a different vibe, um, <laughs> completely. But that's now now you'll get an insight in the magic of the of the pod, the world of potting. It's how, you know? It's how it works. How it works. Sometimes so. sometimes there's a glitch. Deal with it, Missy. And by Deal Missy, I mean the people listening to this. Obviously. Not you. I, no, I didn't take it personally. I, I never feel attacked by yeah. you. I do I do miss your cardigan, which you were wearing last time, the sequin yes. cardigan. It was I beautiful. was wearing a sequin cardigan yesterday because I bought a sequin cardigan. And where am I gonna wear it to? I mean, eventually we're getting close. So close, but I still have nowhere to wear it. And it was just staring at me out of the corner of my eye, glimmering it, in the it light. It actually inspired me to, I'm going to go buy a nice dress for Easter. I have not dressed up for anything in a year. Yeah. Same. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, it can't be a hair top, not in yoga pants every day, you know, and it's Easter. It's something, something is happening. I, I could I could manufacture the sense of occasion in this case. And that this, the cardigan inspired me, Adam, and I wanted to thank you for that. You are welcome. It might seem like we're not talking about stuff that matters to this week's episode, but you're wrong. Not true. Not true at all, actually. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about our, our feelings on the pandem, which is short yeah. for pandemic. Uh-huh. And saves you time. Yeah. Saves me yeah. time when I talk. This week... And the following week, and by that, there's going to be a bonus episode in between. But what we're doing for the next two free episodes is what we normally do on the bonus episodes. We're Freaky Fridaying this this stuff, guys. Yeah. I, do you like how I almost said shit yeah. and stop myself? How dare then, you, Caitlin? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I really... <laughs> this is a... Learned podcast of information. Wow, that was bananas. Anyway, yeah, so we're <laughs> we're flipping it because you know what? It's it's nice to give the people a little Costco size sample, which is the best kind of sample because it's the satisfying size sample. Yes, of of what you could get if you were a regular subscriber here to Pretty Scary and, uh, in bone con form. And one of one of those things you could get is me and Caitlin talking about ghost adventures. That's pretty much what most of the bonus content is. It is what we love doing on this show the most because (laughs) Ghost Adventures never stops delivering. Ever. Every episode is worth talking about. No, it's it's great. What we're talking about for these two episodes, I was scrolling through Disney, not Disney Plus, Discovery Plus. Another app, yep. Which is actually uh, pretty good. I think it's worth the money. I have only heard good things about Discovery Plus, by the way. Like, everybody's like, "Mm, it's kind of worth it. Yeah. Like, everybody. Yeah, for $6.99, it's great. Yep. And I was scrolling through the Ghost Adventures catalog. They have every episode of Ghost Adventures ever, including all the weird miniseries. And I completely forgot. (laughs) that this happened. I don't know what I might've been preoccupied with in 2020. I don't know that, either. Uh, led me to not have this on my radar or for it to fall off my radar. Cause I remember when it first happened and when it was first announced and what I'm talking about is Zach Bagans and team at the beginning of the lockdown quarantined inside the haunted mansion in Las Vegas. I think we knew about it. I think we were just like, can we not do quarantine content for a while? Can we not do, co- I think you and I did sidebar about this and we were like, not right now. Yeah. And, th- and then we like shoved it out of our minds completely. But now it feels right. I just celebrated my second COVID birthday. Yeah. We've been here a year. I think yeah. we can, it's okay to look back at the start of this. And what I love about his, this show's gusto going into this programming, <laughs> which was at the beginning of, of the great core. Yes. Um, his 
the energy that they're bringing about the threat of COVID is accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, in, it's... Hi- in hindsight more so than he brought more of that than our president at the time did. Uh, I would even say most news outlets kind of underplayed, not kind yeah. of like gravely underplayed the severity of this at the beginning and then continued to for the rest of it. I don't even care how like left leaning or, or informative you think your sources are like, I, what I'm saying is like, I think we needed Baggins at the top of the pandemic to just scare the crap out of everybody. Cause yeah. they bring in like the, the siren, the, the, the quarantine like siren. The sound of, yeah. Which I feel like we could have, we could have used, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like we could have used somebody to get up at the top of this and just be like, Hey, this is what this virus does. It melts your lungs and it might cause strokes and kill you later for no reason. Not unlike being demon blinded the way that Zach has been. Here's the problem, Caitlin. Okay. If Zach Bagans was the person who got up in front of the nation and said that, do you think we'd believe him? You and I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, of course. But I feel like I would, the, I would the collective we, I think, I think maybe not. I, I, maybe, but I think that Zach Baggins, and I might be wrong about this, has a crossover demographic that very few people have from a political yeah, and true. ideological standpoint, because he's got certain things going for him. He's got the bro factor because the whole team is just yelling at ghosts. Ghosts are just getting screamed at left and right on the show. But then he also has kind of a mind bending perspective of all these different religious and cultural traditions. But then he also completely ransacks those things and creates museums out of those artifacts. Yeah. What I really liked about this show in general, but especially the first part, like the first 10, 15 minutes of the episode, it really is a good snapshot of those early days of the pandemic because he starts filming this March 30th, which is 19 days after I always point back to the NBA shutting down. Like that's when I feel like the pandemic really started. And so it's 19 days after that. And like that opening scene where he's driving through Vegas and it's just fucking empty. It's, it's very creepy. And it really, um, it really solidified something for me, which was how much, how many elements of the grieving process this whole experience has that I think all of us are carrying. Um, specifically, the thing that I cite most when it comes to grief is that sensation of this feels like it was a hundred years ago and it feels like it just happened. Like that shot of him driving down an empty Vegas strip evoked that feeling for me. Like, damn, like my, I'm still in this, my body, my nervous system has still not recovered from this at all. And yeah. it shouldn't because it's still happening. So yeah, there's that. There's, there's that. What if um, he's still in the haunted mansion? What if he can't get out? Honestly, he, first of all, he already created a side mini series about the things that are in this, <laughs> this one and then the other one. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's there, the content's there. Uh, and secondly, it's his house. He could live there. I love the idea of like Zach Baggins also living there in the way that the president lives in the white house. Like there's tours being given, but then Zach Baggins might be in his robe. Like, Oh, sorry. You know, and like running out of the room. I suspect Zach Baggins was there when I went to the haunted mansion, there was a car out front and Mm. there were people chattering about him maybe at least being in town at the time. And I think he might've been there. I fucking loved the haunted mansion so much. We are going to use the secret to meet him and be friends with him. Oh, 100%. We are using the secret. Okay. So, so that's, that's the intro. <laughs> that's the yeah. stuff of the show. Yeah. So the, the episode starts, they're locking down in the haunted mansion, which is, it's a mansion. It's what it sounds like. It's yeah. a, a mansion where every room is just filled with something terrifying. It also kind of looks like a mini playboy mansion. Like a yeah. tiny, it looks like the guest house of the Playboy Mansion. And it's even weirder when you go there in person and just see where it's at. It's just in the middle of a fucking neighborhood. It's not surrounded by a bunch of other mansions. It's just a mansion on the corner. It's very weird. That Like the six feet under house. Kinda, yeah. It's very yeah, okay. strange. Yeah, okay. I like that they kick things off in the Kevorkian room. Because that was the creepiest room for me 
because as I was going through the tour, we get to the Kevorkian room, which Zach Bagans bought all of Jack Kevorkian's office furnishings and recreated <laughs> his office and bought the suicide van, which is yeah. in the room next to the office. And when we were in the office room, I'm standing in front of Kevorkian's desk and the lamp just shuts off and the guide goes, oh, that doesn't usually happen. I was like, what, what, what do you mean? It shut, it shut off when I was standing here. What's this mean? What's, what's going on with me? But what I learned from this is my experience in that room pales in comparison to what was going on in that room Man, right before the pandemic started. He says it's in like the five weeks leading up to the pandemic. There's all these shots of people just fainting in the Kevorkian room. It's very strange. Yeah, I find it really interesting that he's managed to create a place that also is curating other paranormal evidence. I find that very compelling because so to just kind of readers digest this, basically in the weeks leading up to the pandemic, Zach Baggins claims that five different people, I believe it's all women, right? It's all women, all women fainted during a tour of the Kevorkian room. And there is footage of this, but it's not just that they faint because some women faint and then one woman faints and then her friend is also acting really weird. Or that woman who faints, first her friend goes over to tell the guide, which by the way, all the guides at the Haunted Mansion are smoking hot. It's, I think it's a requirement. They also look exactly the way you think they will. Yes, yes. They look like guides at a Haunted Mansion. They look, but they also look like members of his team. Like they have that goth rockabilly... That Hank Williams the third vibe. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's like I'm so I, I never really like I can't express how much I love Johnny Cash. Yeah, that kind same. of vibe, all black, uh, all the time. I called into work the day Johnny Cash died. I was so sad. Sure, I mean you should work there. I yeah. I mean it's you would have I bet I bet that's your like those are your you know you know the vibe attraction tribe. That's yeah. your people. Yeah. That's definitely your people. Yeah. So the the woman who one of the women who faints in the Kevorkian room, she's with a friend of hers and the friend walks up to the guide to tell her that she's not feeling well. And then the friend the, who was the feeling, friend, the, the, the friend is not feeling well. Right. It's important. Yeah. There's just a lot of pronouns running around. So she walks over to the guide and says, I am not feeling well. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, her friend who she's just left her friend's side, her friend passes out. And then the woman who's talking to the guide acts like, this is not important at all. Everyone else rushes around this woman and her friend is just like looking at her. Like it's weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. And then when the woman comes to, she starts screaming because she says there's a man in the doorway looking at her and not like just a dude, like a ghost man. Yeah. She sees a ghost. (laughs) And it, the ghost she describes is a ghost that, other people describe having seen there. So that's very chill. It's very chill. They interview a girl also who says that man won't stop talking to her. She's (laughs) sitting on the porch of the haunted mansion sobbing. And she is upset. Like that woman is not a actress. Nobody's that good. So something's going on in there. Yeah. In this first episode, they're just kind of introducing us to the things they're going to cover. Like, they, he brings up very briefly in the beginning these four haunted dolls. Ooh. Gretchen, Lily, Cynthia, and Peggy. Peggy I've talked about a whole bunch. But he just sort of throws it out and then moves on. So we'll talk about the haunted dolls later. Yes. He also talks a bunch about the Natalie Wood exhibit. And I am man, fascinated. This, this was weird. So it's, okay, so we're going to get to why it's weird in relation to the episode. I am fascinated by his fascination with, of all celebrity deaths, it's Natalie Wood. I find it interesting that this is the one, because like there, there are other, I mean, I don't want to be like crass, but like there are other (laughs) stories that are gorier. Like, like for example, I know he touches on Charles Manson, but like, yeah. There's a whole room dedicated to artifacts from the boat that Natalie Wood died on down to candlesticks that were lit the night she got in her argument with with Wagner. So it's like and definitely didn't get murdered and thrown off the boat. 
hundred percent. So it's like, I don't know. What do you think of that? I, I think it's interesting that that's, I mean, that's the celebrity. Is it just because those are the artifacts you could buy up in, in, well, it's not like complete the thought best or what do you think that is? I'm, well, I'm just curious. You have to take it in context with the entire mansion. It's not the only celebrity stuff in there. He's got tons of weird shit. No, Caitlin, I know. Caitlin. Yeah. He has some of Patrick Swayze's teeth, you know, Patrick Swayze's legendary teeth. Like, why do you need those? Why do you okay. need Patrick Swayze's teeth? But this is a whole room of Natalie Wood stuff. I think teeth are weird. I'm sorry. I, let me just say, I don't want to bypass the weirdness of consciously purchasing Patrick Swayze's teeth. Okay. That is uh that's a, that's a moment. That's a choice. It is what it, I just think it's interesting that it's a whole room dedicated to this story. Yeah, it's he's connect. And it, I, all of this is to say that it leads to an interesting manif- manifestation later that I find even more fascinating that I think speaks to whatever this connection <laughs> is. Yeah. The, this, this weird shit happens right away. Yeah. He's talking about the Natalie Wood room. And for some reason he picks up this mannequin and carries it into that room and sets it on the floor. And apparently <laughs> at the exact moment he did that, he gets a phone call from a guy named Dennis Davern, who was real name, real name not real a maker man name, that's a real name. He was the captain of the boat that she died on, that Emily Wood died on. And what he calls Zach to tell him is that his wardrobe, which is what they call a closet, I guess, it like not it's like a dresser sort of. I don't, the thing he describes doesn't look like a wardrobe. The it's got thing, lots okay, of papers and it, documents in it. It's, it is one of those things where it's, it's a shelf with large square uh, shelving spaces that you can put those canvas. Yeah. Um, I actually have one right here. Yeah. Everybody. Ha- I mean, I think everybody in college has anyway, this guy, no comment on his lifestyle. That's where he keeps his clothes. And I, it's, I will it's comment a, on his lifestyle. He kay. is an American <laughs> He is a white middle-aged American male living in the Philippines. I always right. find that weird. Who's also connected to an unsolved right. de- death. Yeah. <laughs> so so many got, questions there. We've got, you're right. I mean, let's, that's a little, so Zach takes great care to mention that this is the first time he's spoken to this man in years, which maybe have something to do with everything that you and I've just reviewed possibly, but it's interesting because this guy FaceTimes him and says, I don't know what's going on, but all of my clothing and paperwork just completely flew out of my dresser. Yes. And shows the room. And it does look like it was ransacked. Yeah. And what's what's weird is some of it is like some of the shelving is knocked over. So you're like, oh, well, maybe it was like an earthquake or something and it just like fell over. But then the stuff on the shelves that weren't knocked over is also just strewn about the room. It's very odd. Yeah, it looks like an angry person came in and ripped a bunch of stuff off of this guy's dresser shelf thing. And that angry person was Natalie Wood. I think I called Natalie. her Emily earlier. Did you? Interesting. Yeah. Um, who's that? Who's that? We need to. We need to get the fucking Gerger machine in here. I am gonna write and that talk name to down. Emily Wood. Grab a Gerger. Uh, it's very weird. I, I don't know. I can't explain it other than, you know, it's like I, I've, I've come to this place with, with this, with this show. It's like, do I believe that it's within Zach Bagan's capacity to be that good of an actor? And the answer is no. So yeah. whatever he's experiencing, he's believing. So that's the show for me. That's my, you know, cause again, we haven't talked it on the, uh, about it on the, the greater free pod platform yet. So I, I just feel like it's important to restate this. Like, he clearly believes in everything that's happening. And that's what makes the show entertaining. That's also what makes it interesting. And when he gets this call from this guy, there's a wide shot of him talking to him in the computer. And he looks genuinely confused and surprised by this information. So I found that compelling. And the guy starts sobbing. He starts sobbing about how he let Natalie Wood down. And it's like, yeah, you were there when she was probably murdered by her husband and thrown off a boat and you didn't see nothing. Of course. So weird. It's yeah. all so weird. That story is so weird. It's very weird. It's weird how hard this guy starts crying. Zach <laughs> does a, a vintage 
Zach Bagan's move by saying, I'm at a loss for words. And then he just keeps talking. He's clearly never at a loss for words during any of this encounter. Bless him. Bless his heart. And he's he's very confident that this outburst is going to help Natalie Wood. It's like, I think a life preserver would have helped Natalie Wood. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Uh, or an honest investigation. Or <laughs> yeah. maybe if Christopher Walken has some things to say, that would be yeah. cool. But um, I always like the Christopher Walken part of that story is always like the sidecar of, of a margarita. Cause you're already like dealing with the weirdness of Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood dying. And then someone's like, Hey, Christopher Walken was there. Yeah. It's like, whoa. It's like, geez, he really doesn't turn down a role. Does he? I, this is gnarly. Yeah. You even <laughs> signed on for that, man. So maybe she, maybe she's just pissed that like all of her stuff ended up in Las Vegas <laughs> museum. Maybe. And she's just like, I'm going to go harass that captain right now. I, I got nothing. I, these guys, they've got enough going on in this house, but I'm going to zip over to the Philippines and knock over this guy's weird Ikea furniture. And how did Zach not even once just throw out the obvious question? Did you kill her? Why is she freaking out at your place right now? It's It leads, <laughs> it opened the door to some interesting Your questions. place in the Philippines. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. Mm. either way zach is emotionally spent by this so he yes. retreats to the rv at which point i'm like what the fuck you're not sleeping in the mansion you're sleeping in a tour bus outside that's not cool i don't know that i would want to sleep in there <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I can you blame sure him shit wouldn't patrick swayze's teeth are in there <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird place to sleep he's also got this weird thing that Marilyn Manson did where he took a friend's heroin and the needle they used to inject it oh, and no. put it in this like like encased it in this heart-shaped thing and gave it to the friend after she quit heroin. Like like the mosquito in Jurassic Park? Yes. Like it was <laughs> Okay. That's weird. That's a weird temptation. It's a very to like, weird thing. To say to say, hey heroin addict, there's definitely heroin in this in this preloaded needle that I've encased. So, you know, it's a break in case of emergency kind of thing. These uh, people like you never hit rock bottom and yeah. I'm sure this will be fine for you to just have on your shelf as a reminder yeah. of your forever addiction. Good luck in your well, recovery. I'm Marilyn Manson. I'm a huge asshole. Yeah. We now know more we things. Know. Yeah. Fuck were we surprised? No, no. Yeah. Not at all. I, it's like my parents were my hyper evangelical parents were right about two things. One was Marilyn Manson, which I never even argued with them about. I'm like, yeah, why would you want your 12 year old daughter? Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Like, you know, and two, the Harry Potter stuff, but they were right in a sideways way that got confusing later because JK Rowling ended up being incredibly phobic of trans people, which weirdly my parents would have been as well. So yeah, that's a little odd. So anyway. the investigation finally starts. Finally. We're here at the investigation. And right off the bat, Zach conveniently hears a loud bang that's not captured on any camera or audio. Nope. nope. So he breaks out the stick figure machine. And let me tell you, Caitlin, the haunted mansion is filthy with stick figure ghosts. Before we get the stick figure ghosts, can we talk about how Billy has aged like 27 years? <laughs> Because everyone fucking hates him and puts him in the most dangerous situations possible, I, including I, several times on this episode. I understand that we have watched some, we'll call vintage episodes of Ghost Adventures in the past, but everyone else looks sort of the same, except for Billy, who really, am I imagining this? I mean, he really, I didn't recognize him at first. Zach is aging in reverse. Yeah, he's a vampire or something. Yeah, he's, young, I, I he's much younger than he was when this show started. Uh, Man. Billy looks like Merle Haggard. <laughs> no, I was shocked. I was like. It's insane. Oh, Billy, are you okay? Aaron looks he, great. Aaron looks better than ever. Yeah. He, All of these he other shed guys some weight. Fun. Yeah. It's just Billy looks like this has done something to him. I don't know. Jay, I, I don't. Jay really shines. He There's a scene where he's playing guitar in one of these episodes. I was like, who, yeah. who is that for? For what Jay's going to end up on they, The Voice because of that or something. Get out of here. That, yeah, it made me uncomfortable. It gave me, it gave me feelings. I didn't like them when so, I saw that. So Zach breaks out the stick figure ghost yeah. machine 
Is there no other way to depict these anomalies on this machine? Because everyone looks like it's dancing a happy jig it when looks, it shows up. And it really takes me out of the terror it of really, the moment. It really reminded me of the ghost band, which yes. was the only time that, that it, it was a good context for the stick figure ghost. Because the ghost band episode was like, oh, they're in a band and they're so happy. <laughs> it was so this, good. It was so good. That was the same one that was like, Steve, right? Like it was like all these happy ghosts, right? But in this one, it's like, it just doesn't, I had the same thought. I'm like, somebody needs to develop a different kind of, maybe if it was just like an amorphous humanoid misty shape, but the stick figure, it does look like they are dancing. Looks like some Michael Flatley shit. Like it's the Lord of the dance, the ghost of the dance. Yeah. It's, it's like, they're always, they all, they also always look like they're waving. Like, hi, like, I don't know. There is a weird scene in the beginning where one of the clowns, the because the stick, stick figure jumps into a clown for some reason. It's like, yeah, that tracks. But then there's this thing that flies past Aaron's head. And uh, Zach's like, we've never seen anything like this. Caitlin, it looked like jizz. Looked I like, know. It looked like it that, that clown Hannibal or fucking Silence of the Lambs Aaron yeah, and just missed. yeah. Yeah, multiple MIGs. I, uh, it was gross. It was very it, gross. It looked gross. These ghosts are stuck together. You know, it's it's almost like the big brother. It's like Big Brother, but for ghosts, this haunted mansion yeah. situation. Like they've all been brought together and they're going to, these ghosts are going to learn what it's like to stop being polite and start getting real. It's, it's American Horror Story season one and or Beetlejuice. God, I love American Horror Story season one. It's so good. It it's was so, so fucking good. Good. It's so, and it was so out of nowhere. Yeah. So all the opening stuff. There's there's a scene where Zach makes Aaron go in a room. Or yeah, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Not Billy. Yeah, not Billy. Surprisingly enough, he. This is a quote. I'm going to make Aaron go in a room no one's ever been in. <laughs> in in the house that he owns. In the haunted mansion. There's this weird little crawl space that leads to a room and apparently no one's ever gone back there. Why not? Why not? Why is there that? Why is there that room? How's that question? Because I don't understand why the room is there. It's a, it looks like a panic room. It is a panic room. I mean, but, but with a very obvious entrance. Yeah. A panic room that they didn't finish. It's like an unfinished panic room. There's no seats. There's no foods. It's just like dirt. it's like what somebody with an actual panic disorder would have built while trying to build a panic room. Just like, oh, I can't do this anymore and just walked away. Yeah. The realest shit on the first episode happens in the Kevorkian room. Oh, it's so creepy. It is insanely it's re- creepy. It's, it's pretty good. I have to say, like, mm, pretty awesome. Yeah. There, there is a neat thing that happens to Aaron in that back room where he hears a voice. Yeah. One says behind you. Yeah. And then another one says, don't move back. It's very strange. On the little ghost translator app thing that they yeah. have. That, it's, it's on the Gerger because he hears it. Oh, that's right. Like, it's a loud. They've done a better job over the years of like figuring out a way to translate the Gerger yeah. machine for television. Because it's not as like wide angle plus, gah, 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 gah. you know, like they cut that yeah. part out. Like they kind of yada yada that part now, which is nice because it's like I never got anything out of that anyway and one thing i pick up right away i really appreciate that the ghosts in this mansion speak (laughs) in full sentences it's very very nice well he has procured the most expensive ghosts he really has he's these are high-end paranormal entities adam yeah you know he bid for these things even the teeth yeah even the teeth i hope (laughs) i hope he didn't just show up to the swayze funeral with a pair of pliers how do you, I don't want to know. Never yeah, mind. I'm I don't, not, know. I don't want to know. Door. Nope. I don't want to know what cop sold him those teeth. It's, I don't want, I, I don't want to build this, th- this story up. No, so let's no, just keep it's going. Fine. It's too dark. It's too sad and dark. Hey, do you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. 
It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free, no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. So a lot of weird stuff happens in the Kevorkian room. At one point, they break out the ovilus which yeah. when it was younger, it sounded like this when it would spit out words, but now it just Steve. like, yeah, now it just like says words like normal. It's yeah, very boring. Like a, like a normal robot would. But they break out the Ovilus and the Gerger machine at separate times in the Kevorkian room. Yeah. And at one point, Zach asks, do you want to talk? And the Ovilus machine says, why? <laughs> and I thought of you immediately. I was like, that is a prime Adam ghost answer right there. Oh, yeah. That's so you. That's like your dream response from a ghost. (laughs) But at the same time, they're showing the part where they broke out the Gerger machine and they pick up this ghost that it really does sound like whatever this voice is says a quite in pain old person here, which is exactly what you would expect the ghost of someone who was assisted suicided it's so depressing though that's very depressing that is a really depressing thought because because of all the reasons it's like you go through all the trouble of finding a guy who will kill you in his van peacefully and then you wake up a ghost that's still in pain and you're stuck in a museum in las vegas that's hell yeah that's actual hell and he keeps asking questions and at one point they get the word gale so they're like, oh, this ghost's name is Gail. That's old timey and quaint. And it also says killed gently. And that's when Zach lets out a what? Yeah. That is like nothing else I've heard on this show. And it's it's one of my favorite moments. But it's also a really interesting sequence of events because it turns out Gail is the last name of one of Jack Kevorkian's. I don't like calling them victims. I don't think Jack Kevorkian was a murderer. His jazz album was very good. He's yeah. a fantastic artist. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's weird that that's, that's the last name of one of the people Jack Kevorkian uh, helped to die. And it's just a, str- a, a really fascinating series of events that happen in that it's room. Just, it's also just like the Kevorkian story is so complicated in my opinion. You know, I, yeah. it's, it's something that has always had this really deep heaviness to it because it's, it's not, it's not as simple as this person is a crazy evil man in my opinion, you know, Um, it's, it's, but it's not also as simple as, you know, this is a martyr who died for things that we didn't understand yet either. Cause Jack of was not a simple person. No, (laughs) definitely not. So he's a, he's a story for another time. That's a different episode. Yeah. But what, what it is to say is that what, what I mean to say by this is like, yeah, I think all of this uh, feedback that they get from the other side, huge asterisks, just, you know, fits the feeling of that story. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's, Very it's much. got all of those weird. And then also the Natalie Wood stuff, same thing, you know, like the, you know, there was fighting the night before she died and things were being thrown around. And sure enough, the captain of the ship gets his stuff tossed around by a ghost. It's just, there's more narrative to this than a normal ghost adventures episode, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say, you know? Yeah. It, it kicks off everything in the beginning is very interesting, except still like when Zach, there's a, there's a scene where he gathers all the haunted dolls into one room 
which I don't know why he made such a big production of that because it's already like that at the haunted museum. All the haunted dolls are already in one room. Well, probably just to be able to film it safely. Except Peggy, I think. Peggy, I think, is in her own room. But there's this, this scene where they're in the haunted doll room and they catch what sounds like a child's voice on the EVP machine. And it's, that's creepy as shit. Yeah. Aaron has a panic attack and the sounds he starts making are like an Elvis impersonation. He was, he's on all fours going. Could, could, could you say that he was all shook up? Caitlin. Adam. Wow. Thank you. I know. That was great. Yeah. He's in Vegas. No less. I feel really good about it. Man. I feel, feel really good about that joke. So I don't know what the fuck happened to day two, but just all of a sudden in the middle of this episode, it's day three. I, I, maybe they needed a break. <laughs> Off day, you know. I don't know. Party I day, sat around, played I, cards, I, put I a puzzle together is, like everyone else. I think else. this is a good opportunity to state that while it came together beautifully, um, it's really obvious to me that they probably had a bunch of other shots or shooting schedules lined up that all got shut down immediately because of covid yeah. And, and Zach was like, well, we could just go to my place. <laughs> so, you go know grab mean? some brewskis, hang out, yeah, watch the game. Kind of, oh, March so, Madness is canceled. Shit. I'm honestly shocked that there's this much content, frankly, because sometimes they go places and they don't get anything. And it's very clear that they don't get anything. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that Day three kicks off with them talking about maybe investigating the house next door. It's like, well, what the fuck is this now? You're in a haunted mansion and you're already needing to go somewhere else. Yeah. Although the fact that there's just another creepy abandoned house right next door is strange. Yeah. But also this is the part where Zach gets kind of inappropriate <laughs> with the fucking homeless uh, people outside. Kind of. Just a little bit. For one thing, I don't know if we needed the running COVID death totals with each day that passed. I mean, I get it. It probably uh, seemed like a better idea at the time. But the- I again, I, I I was listen at the time I was glued to those totals. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I it was of that time. I was glued to those totals. I mean, we're still losing a lot of people every day to COVID, but. Something has calloused over for me and I'm not checking the death tolls every day like I was yeah. at the beginning of this. I mean, I have a journal entry that I found from March where I literally had written down how many people had died of COVID and it was like 2000 people. Yeah. And I found that journal while I was moving recently and was like, oh, it like made me sick to think about. Yeah. It's just that the COVID stuff in this part felt a little heavy handed to me. And then, when he, and then when he starts talking about the homeless people outside around the perimeter of fear, which is what the first episode is called uh, around the mansion. He says, it's frightening being so close to strangers who might be infected with the coronavirus." And it's like, well then go inside, dude. That's why you're supposed to be inside. That's instead you're trying to go outside. What is he saying that like everybody is basically a honeypot of bioterrorism that also wants to hurt him specifically. Yeah, like, he, he did really I, treat it like a threat. I, I hate to, I don't want to diminish the value of another person's livelihood, life or livelihood, but I find it very odd that the homeless people, unhoused people that are intentionally spreading COVID would target him first. I mean, it's not like this was happening in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody was like, trying to make anybody sick. Nobody did that. Actually. I think one girl in a grocery store did in like Ohio or something, but that wasn't something that happened in this pandemic. So yeah, he's, it's a little, it's a little much. And also we all lived through this. So he has to know that we're going to remember how things were. And I know for a fact that by this would be what April 2nd, he's acting like Las Vegas was under martial law and no, it wasn't. Like he's acting like if he walks out onto the street, he's going to get arrested. And I'm, it wasn't that anywhere. It should have been. It definitely should have been. That would have helped. But again, I he, think he, in he wasn't his gonna... mind, I think in his mind it was, I think that's, the, that's him. I think that he lives in a certain frequency of reality. That's very heightened. And one could make the argument that 
you know, the stuff he sees isn't there. The other argument that could be made is that because he's constantly emitting this kind of energy, it creates and facilitates the kind of weirdness that he experiences. But I think this is just who he is. I think, you know, he's like, he's like 50 pounds and a serious beer problem away from just being a prepper. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's his baseline is crisis for sure. So I, you know, it fits hit. Maybe I wasn't bothered by it because it's like the whole oeuvre of him. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who he is. And so Aaron and Billy go off to investigate this other house that's next door. That is admittedly a very creepy house. It's so creepy. And Zach and Jay go back to the mansion and they're going to investigate the basement. And at this point, Zach starts talking about how a famous actress who used to live in this house was sending him documented text messages about how her dad used to do satanic rituals in the basement while they lived at this house, which leads to an obvious question for me, Caitlin. Yeah. What are documented text messages? What does Um, that mean? The documented text messages are the text messages that you have to print out on your computer home printer. (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. I had these text messages notarized. I think that's kind of in his mind <laughs> what we're getting at. That's the vibe he wants. I printed them out so they'll live forever. I don't know. It's a little, well, what was he going to say? Official text messages? I think what he's trying to say is these are real text messages, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he should have used the text message transcript and we would have moved on. Yeah, that that could have just show Maybe us a that's screenshot. The word. Maybe they just something. need a writer on the team. Yeah. Just a one writer to be like, Zach, uh, can we try it with with we've done a lot of takes with documented. We, we love what you're doing. Can you try one uh, for us? That's just a transcript. No, he's like, no, I no. cannot. Yeah, exactly. He's a stubborn William Shatner on the set. <laughs> I don't say sabotage. I say sabotage. Spock, oh, we're gonna, sabotage we're gonna- the system. We're going to get into a very specific <laughs> pronunciation here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It made one of my eyeballs twitch when he says this thing. <laughs> but first, but, yeah. we, have, we have to talk to Charles Manson's bone fragments. I'm telling you, Caitlin, the stuff this guy owns, no rhyme or reason to it. I don't know why. Okay. I did appreciate the reminder that Charles Manson died. I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? It sure did. How crazy would it be if he was still alive? And Zach had some of his bone fragments. I'm sure Manson would be down. <laughs> that would be so much I'm neater. sure Manson would have sent it to him himself. The bone fragments are like in a jar. <laughs> yeah, they're just there. And there's this woman who said she spoke to the bone fragments. <laughs> yeah. And like you do. She claimed she was joking, but she also said that she looked at the bone fragments and said, good on you, man. Yeah. Then she act. She she said she was just joking, and either way, she got ghost stabbed in the stomach over it. She said she, she felt got something totally stab go- her in the stomach. She got ghost shanked. It's like, oh, you love Charles Manson, do you? That was yeah. probably just another ghost. It's probably Sharon Tate. God, I hope Sharon Tate, wherever she is, is nowhere near a mansion museum in Vegas. I hope she's with maybe her baby just, enjoying heaven. Maybe she's able to just show up on the spot unannounced like Natalie Wood popping into the Philippines to fuck with that captain. Charles Manson seems like the kind of guy that would come back a ghost and and ghost shank you. He spent more time in prison than anybody in this ghost house. Yeah, that's true. He knows how to make a shank. They They, Manson definitely knows how to make a shank. Well, yeah, he was in prison for this what I'm saying. So I feel like, you know, and he would be a dick about it. Like, Oh yeah, you like me? (laughs) Ha ha. Stab ya. And I like how Zach, adds this disclaimer about how he doesn't buy this stuff so he can admire it. And it's like, no, you buy it so everyone else can give you money to admire it. Why did he say that? I don't know. I don't know. He he shouldn't have said that. (laughs) What if if Manson stabbed him in the stomach when he said that? I just, the moral ambiguity of the entire space is, is a different podcast and a discussion worth having. Yeah. Don't bring this part up, Zach. Just, just, just move on. You, you can't actually defend the existence of this place and at me, the end of the day. And let me tell like, you something. When you walk in that place, the first room you go in, lots of Nazi shit. It's like, Zach, those uh, are different kind of killers. 
We don't need the Nazi stuff. Send that's, that. Send that to the Museum of Tolerance, gotta, bub. That's not good. Mm-mm. That's that's what I mean. He's got a crossover audience, though. This is what I'm trying <laughs> to get at. Like, and it's the room where they make it very clear you are not allowed to take pictures. Like, oh, I wonder why. Yeah. Is it because you have a Nazi gumball machine? It's something like that. It's like a coin-operated game or something. Like a pinball just, machine with Hitler on it? Yeah, it's like Third Reich as fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not good. Unforch. Put that in the basement that this no is one what goes I mean. to. Like the, the conversation about preserving these things and making them, uh, giving them the opportunity to persist through time could be a conversation I'm worth having. I think is worth having. But I don't want to have it right now, Zach. No. Don't no. don't try to tell me that you feel like there's some spiritual call. If it's if it was a spiritual calling, then you wouldn't charge. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the bottom line, right? Like that's what we're getting at here. Yeah. So I can hold space for a person to be contradictory. What I don't have time for is somebody lying to themselves. Like I, I yeah. I'm gonna move on from that. So whatever, Zach. So we find out Billy has some EVPs from the fucking reject house to talk about, <laughs> but first. We I feel like like Billy has to always audition his material before they <laughs> they let him share his findings. But before we get to that, for some reason, just a clip of Jay just wailing on an acoustic guitar. It's a weird intermission. Like the guy you hate at a party. So now oh, I'm he's, like, he's that guy for sure. That guy. So now I'm like, is this EVP going to be like a ghost singing along? Like that would be very neat. But it's not. It's just the voice of a woman saying, come back. And here's the thing. There's no way she was talking to Billy. Everyone fucking hates Billy. No, it's not Billy. But that's not even the evidence that's going to blow you away, Caitlin. The shocking evidence is two Polaroids. One showing Billy. The other, a very similar picture. But now there's a black mist covering his torso. And I got to tell you, it just looks like the Polaroid. It's a Polaroid picture. It's not gonna, it just doesn't look like There's anything. Lots it's of weird not. fluids and things moving around. And where, looks, where did you find Polaroid film? Yeah. It Are looks, you, how, how old is the Polaroid film that you're using? Yeah. It's, Why do you have a Polaroid camera at all? I, it's not, it's not the most compelling piece of information. No. It's, it's, I don't, I'm not even going to call that evidence. It's like, oh, you don't know how to use a Polaroid camera. And they, they, they take the time. Zach sits everyone down and does like a fucking Ted talk about why this can't possibly be a shadow. And it's like, no one thinks that's a shadow. He has such youth group leader vibes sometimes. (laughs) He really does. Like he really reminds me of this, this youth group leader that I knew from Riverside, which should shock you. Right. Same like intensity about Jesus that he has about hair fragments from whatever it's, it's, it's shocking. And these guys, the other thing that always gets me is how enthralled his team is with him. Yeah. The way they listen to him is unbelievable. It is like a Ted talk in that it looks like a bunch of computer nerds watching Bill Gates talk about something. Yeah, they are. They're very into it. And they listen to him. they believe him completely. They trust him implicitly. They are thirsty for this information. If he's up there saying, this is not a malfunction, the Polaroid camera, they're like, yeah, man, it's not. It's real. It's a ghost. It's an entity. And that's the energy that they have. In another life, Zach Baggins was a cult leader for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe right now. Maybe right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Could be. So, yeah, I, I love how much time they spend investigating the fact that a door in a drafty basement keeps swinging open and shut on its own. It's like, have all, you ever closed a window in your house? Like, the, We need to get the mystery <laughs> machine here now. <laughs> and they spend a lot of time on that. Zach goes down to the basement and he's sitting directly below Charles Manson's bone fragments and gives him a little shout out. Yep, and Manson yeah. responds by giving him a romantic touch on the hand. That freaks Zach out. And then the scratching noise he hears is weird. But again, you're in a basement. That could be a fucking rat. Like that could be anything. The thing that came to mind was, are you aware of the tunnels under Las Vegas that homeless people live in? Have you heard yeah. of this this thing? That's what I thought of. Yeah, it, look, these t- <laughs> it looks like part of that system for sure. <laughs> it does. 
is. I was like, it might just be a person. Yeah. Hate to break it to you, but. Yeah, those pentagrams are probably just like a Judas Priest fan from the 80s. <laughs> just total burnout. Yeah. They decided to live in the, the Vegas tunnels. <laughs> I'm going to spray a pentagram on the floor. Have we ever done an episode on those tunnels? No. We should, because that's a gnarly set of ideas that we could explore. It's a lot to think about. Zach should have fucking quarantined there. Ugh, no thanks. And so they, one one way I know, and I, I don't even think I mentioned, we're into episode two by this point. Uh, Doesn't matter. We're not going to do- It's just like quarantine. It's era. just like the last year. It's yeah. like time. There's no time. There's no no such thing as time. We're not going to do four episodes about this. They did that, four episodes. That's we're not our job. Two. We're not doing that. And I, I start to feel uneasy about- near the end of episode two, because they are really breaking out the unique equipment for this, which makes me feel like they kind of blew their wad in the Kevorkian room and they're just not getting that much interesting shit now. Yeah. So they do this thing where they basically turn on what looks like a Tesla coil (laughs) and just make Jay keep touching it and getting fucking shocked. It's so great. Like those novelty lighters you can buy that when someone tries it, it shocks their thumb. It it looked like a bunch of eighth graders, like fucking with a friend. Like it was so funny because he's like, ah, ah. And and then basically like he has to do it again for some reason. I don't understand what this was at all. Zach calls it a dangerous electrical experiment. And the thing is, Jay Jay acts like he's just going to put both of his hands on this like, Trump touching that globe in the Saudi Arabia picture. And no, the minute he tries to touch it, it's like zap. And he's like, fuck. I didn't say fuck. I paraphrased, but, and then he, he does it so many times. It's, it's like if somebody stuck a fork in an electrical outlet, you wouldn't call that an experiment. You'd call it a bad decision. Like, and that's what this is over and over and over again. It's one of the greatest cases against evolution I've ever seen because he just keeps doing it. And it's like, stop. Yeah. He'll like shout out something like you killed in life. Now I want to see you in the afterlife. And then I'll try to touch the thing. And it's like, zap, ow. (laughs) Pulls his hand away. Also like to what end? Why are they doing this? I don't understand this at all. I like to imagine the ghost was in the room and just like, will you keep your hand on the thing so I can talk? (laughs) Just trying to jump in every time. Like, actually I have, Okay, you moved your hand again. All right, that's fine. It's just too much for your mortal hands to handle. I'm just trying to (laughs) bop in and talk about how I died. Have you never seen white noise? Keep your hands on the machine. I just don't know what this was. It makes I like imagining the ghost just staring at them, being like, "You know what? I'm glad I'm dead. I'm glad I'm not a human anymore." I forgot how stupid it was. It was a bad, bad time. Speaking of experiments that aren't experiments. Oh, God. Billy and Aaron over in the reject house run a really fun experiment where they call each other and then connect one of their phones to a Bluetooth speaker. And they're like, the energy emanating around the house will pick up spirits. And it's like, it's never picked up spirits in my home when that was happening. Yeah. Does Google have like a whole department, like Ghostbusters (laughs) department where they deal with their Google home speaker and they're like, oh, we got another uh, unrequited soul floating through a house in San Juan Capistrano. Alexa, put a ghost in the room. <laughs> you run it up the flagpole, see if it works. See if she does it. <laughs> Alexa, where's Jimmy Hoffa buried? <laughs> oh, poor Jimmy Hoffa. I mean, well, I mean he's probably a piece of shit. So yeah, he's they the union guy. They 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 do hear some weird voices in this part, and then they they go outside for a little R and R, and Jay just starts freaking out. And then Caitlin, for the first time ever, Jay walks off the set during an investigation. This is historic visual evidence, Zach says. And then the episode's over in in, in, in the, the most yep. traditional ghost adventures fashion, abrupt ending where you're like, that's it. You're done. That's it. Okay. Oh, oh, we're done. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. There was also a fun part where I forgot to mention this in the basement when Zach hears that scratching noise, he screams Jay's name in a way it's, it's reminiscent of like if Zach was falling off a building and expected Jay to maybe take a shot at catching him. There's love there. That's all I'm saying. It really is. It is amazing. It's it's fear 
and he is running to Jay for support. I mean, like, and Jay's just calmly on his fucking walkie talkie. Like, what's up, dude? Really? Baggins calls out to Jay from his heart. And Jay's like, why don't you go put your hand on that fucking machine and see if that helps you dick. Such a weird bromance there, man. There's a lot going on. And so with that episode two ends, which means this episode of pretty scary ends. Yeah. This one, this one, we are, don't worry, don't worry. We are going to, we're going to carry on. We're going to talk about episode three and four. Can't get rid of us that easily. Ghost Adventures Quarantine. If you don't want to sign up for Discovery Plus to watch it, you can rent it on Amazon. You can rent it on all the places. It is actually one of the better, at least these first two, they're among the better episodes of this show. They they get a lot of interesting shit. I, I like the show. I, I like yeah. covering this. Sh- I have no problem talking about how much I like this show. It's just not a perfect show, but no, you know, yeah. no, that's what I'm getting at. I like the show and this is, yeah. these are some of the better episodes. Oh yes. of the show. Yeah. I think this is a good, it's, it's a real double dip because it's, it's the content, it's the ghost hunting, but it's also just like a weird look into these people's lives because this is their livelihood, like doubly. So I don't know what the equivalent, it would be like you and I, I don't even know what, I don't know what to compare this to. (laughs) Well, one of the things I've been compiling a list of in my head during all of this is all of the really great documentaries that are going to come out of this. Like, I would love to see a documentary about the NBA bubble and. Oh man, I'm not even a sports person and I want to see that. I mean, that's fascinating. Fascinating. They had no COVID cases once they went in that bubble. That's nuts. The documentary I didn't know I wanted to see during all this was Zach Bagan's initial reactions to COVID. And it's, it is <laughs> fascinating. Did not disappoint. Because he's already freaking out about ghosts and there's a pandemic happening. This is, this is Zach Bagan's on edge and I fucking yep. like it a lot. It's, it's yummy. And so in a couple weeks, we're going to finish this up on the next free episode in between, we're going to do a bonus episode. We might cover a, a really weird movie called Ghosts Don't Exist. It's not a good movie. Good. I've never seen it, but I can tell you it's not a good movie. Well, you don't have to see a movie to know that it's not good sometimes. What's weird about it is sure. Ghost Adventures started as a standalone documentary, which is available nowhere to stream. But you can still buy the DVD. And maybe we'll do that at some point. Yeah, we should. But the DVD is packaged with this bonus movie called Ghosts Don't Exist. And at first I was like, holy shit, Zach Bagans made a movie? No, it's just someone else's movie. And what's weird is apparently the plot is all about how you can fake all of these ghost hunting things. (laughs) Like, why would you package that with the first Ghost Adventures documentary? I, okay, so after a decade of watching Ghost Adventures, basically, <laughs> to me, I think if I had to take a wild guess in Zach Baggins' world, especially early on where he didn't have a lot of industry people advising him, I think it was, it would be something like, well, let's package this with our stuff so they know that we're legit because, you know, if we weren't legit, why would we, you know, yeah. Teach you. Does that make sense? It's, it's like, it seems like a the bad, kind of a bad reverse psychology ploy yeah. that seems to fit with this crew. Yeah. For whatever reason. Does that make sense? It's, it's the same kind of decision making that makes a person in the middle of an encounter with Charles Manson's bone fragments say, Oh, I don't buy this because I admire it. Exactly. It's like, okay, calm down, dude. No one thought you admired Charles Manson until nope. now. Nobody brought it up, actually. Yeah, I'm sure you've never played the Hitler gumball machine in your opening room of your mansion. We get it. You're you're great. Yeah, you never have to restock that supply. (laughs) Where do you find Nazi gumballs? It's crazy. I bet that part's a lot easier than we'd like to admit, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, those are probably on Amazon. The machine, not so much. The gumballs, that's an Amazon moment, unfortunately, that I'm I'm not going to look up. I'm not looking that up. So that's our episode. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Hey, this is a, you could get this kind of content uh, where we cover all sorts of weird paranormal 
sidebar stuff uh, in the bonus content if you become a Patreon member at Unpops. BoneCon. BoneCon. That's what we call it. Patreon.com slash Unpops or UnpopsNetwork.Supercast.Tech. Still sign up for $5 a month for now. For now. Uh, We also, we have an Instagram now that we haven't posted anything on, but it's uh, at Pretty Scary Boo, just like the Twitter. So, so uh, go there. I'll, Caitlin, I'll give you the login and stuff. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know why I had to mention that on here. That felt well, like a Zach Bagans move. Now they'll know who runs it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. Let's get out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. We love you. Oh, my God.